boys and girls of every age. Wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a sing trick or treat. Tell the neighbors on the diaphragm. It's our town. Everybody scream. It's town of Halloween. I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Like snakes and spiders in my hair. You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this week's episode is for uh, Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. Uh, We're going to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Nightmare Before Christmas on this week's episode of the show. Uh, A little bit early, though. Uh, Technically, the Nightmare Before Christmas was released in a wide release in the United States on October 29th. Uh, 1993 so we're about a month early but uh, it's always cool to to get into the Halloween spirit I know a lot of uh, friends that I have I actually start decorating as soon as like August they're already getting ready for Halloween so for this week's episode we're going to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of the nightmare before Christmas and to do so I've invited my sister Monica to come back to the show it's been too long since Monica's been on uh, way back in episode two was when she first appeared. Well, anyway, so for this week's episode, because Monica is such a huge fan of the, of the Nightmare Before Christmas, I decided that it would be good to invite her. So she'll be on to talk about why she loves the movie so much, fun, fascinating facts about the movie, reminiscing about Tim Burton movies in general. So I think it's a fun conversation and it's really cool to do these anniversary episodes. Uh, in fact, 1993 was a, a cool year for movies. I probably could have done episodes for The Sandlot, Jurassic Park, and The Fugitive, just to name a few off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, so please enjoy this uh, 30th anniversary conversation with my my younger sister, Monica, where we talk about the nightmare before Christmas. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little people. So returning to the show is my awesome sister, Monica. Monica, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? 
I'm doing well, thanks. It's good to see you again, and I should have had you back on sooner. I mean, you're on way back at episode two, and now I'm on episode 89, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. I'm glad to be here for this episode, at least. Okay. Oh, very good. Yeah, so there's definitely no one, I think, more qualified to talk about this than you. We're, we're discussing the 30th anniversary of The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's going to be a little bit early, though, when I release this episode, because technically, I guess the 30th anniversary would fall on, I think, the 25th or the 27th of October. But I guess, like, for people who love Halloween, it's never too early to celebrate, right? Right. I mean, I start putting up decorations, like... August 1st, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, very cool. Very cool. So we're going to go ahead and you know, dive into the, the 30th anniversary of the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, interesting fun facts about the movie, why we enjoy it so much. So I think it's going to be a really fun conversation to celebrate its 30th anniversary this year. For sure. Okay, so I want to start out with a simple question for you, Monica. Uh, what would be the appeal of the Nightmare Before Christmas to you? Well... <laughs> I feel like as an aesthetic, the reason it it's the, okay. The aesthetic is the reason why a lot of I want okay. I guess I should say elder emo kids in my generation liked it so much, but in reality, it was a masterpiece. Like the characters were so memorable, and the music's quite catchy. I mean, with Leon constantly singing "This is Halloween, This <laughs> Halloween," and I'm pretty sure in my teenage uh, years, I'm. Not only you, but Danny and Fernando and Adrian would constantly sing that song in my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, it was a really well done animated movie stop animation movie which makes it even harder i mean so much care and, and craft has to go into that process and then the writing process for both the script and the songs who i think were really great the characters are very memorable so we're going to dive into the characters a little bit more as well but uh, i had a, a follow-up question for you so what's oftentimes been kind of been debated about the movie is to whether or not it's a halloween movie it's a christmas movie is it both is it some type of hybrid what what do you think what, what would you be your suggestion as far as like what type of holiday movie it actually is so in my opinion i feel like it's both but in an interview with henry selick which is the guy who directed the movie not tim burton but henry selick he said it was a halloween movie Oh, it's interesting that he would say that. And I think I agree with you, Monica. I think it's, I, I would consider it to be both, but I think it leans a little more towards Christmas, in my opinion. I think because of the, the, the moral lesson that Jack learns, which is oftentimes associated with Christmas movies, whereas Hall Halloween movies, I think it's usually almost like pure horror and it's just like survival. Like, can you make it to the end of the movie, basically? Oh, for sure. I feel that. <laughs> I wasn't even allowed to watch the movie as a kid. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. When, when did mm -hmm. mom and dad let you watch it then? Mom thought it was a little too creepy. Oh, okay. A little girl. But um, actually, in one of my notes that I had written down on like what made me fall in love with the movie to begin with, I mean, I fell in love because it was different. Like, uh, as I had mentioned, previously mentioned, I wasn't allowed to watch it as a little kid because mom thought it was too scary. But in eighth grade, I was taking photography and in my photography class, um, my photography teacher wanted to put on The Nightmare Before Christmas for us as a Christmas gift. And I had never seen it. And my friends were making fun of me for never seeing it. So like, as I was watching it, I was completely in the zone. And 
while yeah, this was the start of my emo phase, I wouldn't say it's the reason why my emo phase started, but definitely it changed my life for the better. Oh, wow. You know, it's interesting to me that you would mention you you would actually watch it in school. I guess, I, was it just for a present or was it actually part of a school project for, for your photography class? It was a present for from our photography teacher to the students. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I actually watched it in eighth grade as well, or parts of it. We didn't get to watch the whole thing. Uh, and it was kind of interesting. So our, our eighth grade art teacher wanted us to work on an art project where we were going to be kind of like mimicking that artistic style that uh, that Tim Burton's well known for. Uh, and the movie had just barely been released, I think the year before. So I mean, yeah, 1993 would have been its release date since we're celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, it would have been 1994 the following year. So I think we got a copy of it on VHS, if I'm remembering it correctly. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was in uh, junior high, like my eighth grade, that we actually watched it in class or parts of it in order to like give us artistic inspiration as to what we were going to be doing for projects, which I thought was kind of fun. Oh, that's pretty cool. Actually, speaking of the artistic direction that they went into with the claymation dolls, uh, Tim Burton was actually thinking about making the movie for like 10 years before it was actually made. Oh, and yeah, the reason yeah. being was because he wasn't sure if the claymation was going to be enough. So he thought about it as like a 30 minute episode or just like a Christmas special kind of a thing. And then the movie was made and um, Disney actually thought it was going to be too scary. So that's why a different uh like I don't remember the name of it. It's the same company that did Boy Meets World, Touchstone yeah, Pictures. Yeah, Touchstone Pictures. Yeah, that where they would release their more mature, like PG thirteen R rated movies, not under the Disney banner, but uh, but still owned by them. So they're still making money off of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, what's your favorite song from the the movie, and why? Oh, there's so many songs, but I if I have to pick just one. I think I would have to choose Sally's song from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, reason being is because I sung that song a lot uh, from my teenage years throughout my adult years. And uh, just the lyrics as an angst teenager and like having a bunch of crushes. It's a very relatable song to um, listen to and such like that. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we get to get more of a character in depth about Sally. And again, uh, how she's trying to help Jack, how Jack's misguided about his uh, attempts to try and uh, take over Christmas for himself. So it was kind of nice to get that. Uh, I mean, to tell Sally's story, but also give her a nice song to sing, which is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, fun story, actually. So I went to Tucson Comic Con a few years, like five years ago with a group of friends. And mm -hmm. I dressed up as Sally from the Nightmare Before Christmas. And there was like a little princess or uh, Disney princess party planning thing that was right there. And they all dressed up as princess. And they actually invited me to pose a photo with them. And like, literally, the saying was, long live the pumpkin queen, welcome our honorary Disney princess, Queen Sally. Oh, very cool. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I believe I still have a photo of that somewhere. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'd love to see. That. I think I remember you posting it before on social, on social media a couple of years ago. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, so I wanted to go ahead and uh, jump into uh, uh, fascinating facts about the, the movie itself. Did you have any off the, off the top of your head that you wanted to share first? I mean, there's several that I have. We might be repeating each other, but. Oh, well, definitely we're going to be repeating each other. <laughs> like for one... 
it was produced and created by Tim Burton. However, he did not direct the movie. It was directed by Henry Selick. Oh, yeah, that's very interesting to learn. In fact, uh, uh, along those lines, or expanding on what you just said, Monica, uh, what I had found out in my research is that Burton had actually worked for Disney in the early 80s as part of their animation studios. Oh, yeah. uh, Selig was one of his uh, uh, colleagues, a friend of his that also worked with them there, too. So Mm -hmm. Burton actually did concept art for like uh, some of those early 80s Disney uh, cartoons before the Renaissance, so before The Little Mermaid, so like The Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, and in fact, even did for the Tron movie as well. I guess none of his concept art was actually used, but it is kind of fascinating to learn that he did have that working relationship with Disney before uh, and that uh, he actually had written it as a poem uh, with just Jack uh, Zero and Santa Claus. So it was like a three page poem, something of that nature. But he had created the characters and I guess under the Disney umbrella. So technically, Disney had owned the characters, even though they were his creations. Yeah, yeah. I do remember the poem. It's been a long time since I've read the poem, but mm-hmm. I do remember that it was that the movie is based off of the poem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then it was kind of interesting. So his career kind of took off after that in the mid 80s, you know, first doing uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So RIP to uh, Paul Rubens. Uh, then after that, Beetlejuice, uh, uh, Batman, which was a huge success for him. And then Edward Scissorhands. So he became a more uh, uh, sought after in demand director. Uh, and I guess Disney was looking to go ahead and work with him. But the problem, I mean, go, going back to your your po- the point that you brought up as to why he didn't direct, my understanding, according to the research I did, was that he was actually too busy with uh, Batman Returns at the time. Oh. Uh, so I guess like in 1992 was when Batman Returns released, but it would have been filming in 1991. And then with animated movies, I mean, the the process actually, I think, is even longer than a live action movie. So uh, during the filming of Batman Returns, they were developing The Nightmare Before Christmas. So he was just too busy, basically, to even uh, to direct himself. Oh, wow. Oh, there's a fun fact. I am. Um, most schools these days actually put on a production of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, cool. I've never actually seen a live production of it, but I imagine it would be interesting considering one of the lines in the songs, Jack's Lament, he says that he takes off his head. And in the movie, he takes off his head. So how would they do that in a live production, you know? Yeah, that, there's probably some work around that. Maybe they change the lyrics or something. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So so it was also an interesting fact that I, I saw here that uh, the filming actually began before the script was technically done. Uh, that, you know, uh, Tim Burton had reached out to his longtime collaborator for for musical composition, Danny Elfman, who absolutely loved the uh, his role. I mean, he kills it as the singing voice of Jack. And it's also an interesting fact, too, to know that he's the singing voice, but not the speaking voice. Uh, oh, a gentleman true. by the name of uh, uh, Sandron. I, I forgot to write his name in my notes, but uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to learn that as well. And that Elfman also voices one of the three kids. I forget their names. Oh, Shock, Lock, and Barrel. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, Tim Burton, it seems like he works with a lot of the same uh, actors. So so uh, Paul Rubens did one of the voices as well, as did Catherine O'Hara. And yeah. Catherine O'Hara also does the voice of Sally. So yeah, he seems, uh, it seems to me that you know, Burton, well, whereas he didn't direct the movie, he did serve as a producer and kind of like keeps it in house as it were, like working with a lot of the same actors and actresses. Fun fact about Catherine O'Hara, she doesn't actually sing. Oh, so it's a different singing a- a- actress? No, it's it's Catherine O'Hara that's singing, but she doesn't oh. actually sing. Danny Elfman personally asked her to sing it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 
Very cool. Uh, did you have any other facts that you wanted to share? I didn't want to take up all the time. I have a few more that I wanted to bring up. Oh, no, go ahead and bring up your facts. I mean, uh, a lot of the stuff that I have written down is just my personal experiences with uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, but I am more interested in your facts. <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. So I don't know if you're familiar with Vincent Price. I am not. Oh, okay. So he was like a like a golden era Hollywood actor, did a lot of like horror movies back in the day. Uh he he worked with uh Tim Burton on uh, Edward Scissorhands. So he appears in that movie. Oh, what character? Uh I think he's the owner of the house. Oh no, no, no. I think he's the creator, I think. The, the doctor. Oh, the creator. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. Who creates Edward Scissorhands. Anyways, um, uh, so yeah, they worked on that movie together in 1990. Shortly after that, according to my notes, he his wife passed away. Oh. And they wanted to get him to do the voice of uh Santa Claus. But I guess when he was reading the lines, like they could kind of tell that there was still like that uh a tone of sadness and like uh despair and it wasn't quite gelling even though they really wanted to get him to to do the voice of santa so anyways uh santa was casted by a different voice actor and then vincent price would actually pass away himself right after the movie was released or right around that same time so october of 1993 so that was kind of interesting too that is interesting what other facts do you have uh well just like a a lot of disney features this one actually does feature some hidden mickeys which is kind of cool what oh, yeah 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 so so i guess like you mentioned i mean again because it was kind of a, a weird or scarier movie uh initially disney didn't want it under their umbrella so it was under the touchstone uh banner for for uh studio productions but they did get permission to use kind of like this weird like scary mickey uh inspired like doll that jack drops off at a kid's house Oh, 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 I think then, I remember which scene it is, too. Yeah, and that, and that exact same scene, the girl who, who's uh, receiving that present who runs away in terror, she's actually wearing uh, uh, Mickey's on her nightgown. Okay, now I'm going to have to rewatch the movie. Yeah, yeah, rewatch it because she's wearing a nightgown with Mickey's. Her brother is wearing pajamas that has Donald on the face, too. So that was kind of cool. That's interesting. That's, that, wow. <laughs> I can't believe I never noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a cool, cool, interesting fact about the the movie. Um, and then, oh, did I have anything else with voice actors? Oh, there was one other point about voice actors that I wanted to bring up. So actually, Patrick Stewart, you know, most famous for playing uh, uh, Picard from Star Trek, was actually hired to do the narration and uh, the closing epilogue for the movie. Mm-hmm. His voice lines were actually cut, so they didn't use him in the movie after all. But he does appear on the soundtrack itself. So I don't oh, know if you yes. have a copy of the soundtrack. I do have a copy of the soundtrack and it talks about the epilogue talks about how um, Jack and Sally had little skeleton children together. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. I had to go back and listen to it. So, I mean, we, we stream the soundtrack all the time, like, you know, cause Liam loves the music. So does Avery. Of course, Avery goes through phases. So I don't know if she loves it as much now, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, so we'll listen to specific songs, but I should probably go back and try and listen to the very end to hear that epilogue. But, but yeah, so, so uh, Patrick Stewart's performance is in fact kept intact just on the soundtrack, not in the movie itself. Oh, Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, my tradition is to always just put it on during Halloween time. And then I always have a plan to put it on while the trick-or-treaters are coming in, but that never happens for some reason. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it's, it's amazing that over all the years, it's developed such a huge fan following and so much so that uh, Disney, I, I don't know when exactly they, they kind of like turned around about it. But I mean, they, they absolutely fully endorse the movie now. So that when you when you watch it, it's the Disney banners like right there, like the, the Walt Disney pictures, uh, not under the touchstone pictures. And then of course, uh, the, the ride, uh, the nightmare, I'm sorry, the Haunted Mansion gets transformed for the nightmare before Christmas. They do the photo ops with Jack and Sally. So, I mean, it's developed a huge, massive fan following in the year since. For in sure. fact, actually, just last week when we were there, they were doing a Oogie Boogie special night at California Adventure. So, I mean, Oogie Boogie, I think, is probably one of the most popular Disney villains out there. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is cool to see that it's grown just a huge like fan following over the years. Uh, did you have any other experiences or, or uh, memories about the movie you wanted to share? We pretty much went over the fun facts that I had. Well, I mean, we can always talk about the music. Like, what was your favorite song from the movie? Uh, I probably the the opening song. Uh, this is Halloween. Uh, I, I know you mentioned before that we, your older siblings, like to tease you, and I think Fernando was really guilty of it, saying, uh, "This is Monica. This is Monica." Well, Danny is still guilty of it. <laughs> okay, but I mean that the opening sequence I thought was really really cool. I think it sets the tone for the whole movie. Um, and then we get you know right into the the movie starts after that song. We get to see Jack's like you know lamenting of just uh, being tired of like. The the same routine over and over again for Halloween. But I think that that opening song really set the, the stage for what we're going to get for the rest of the movie. So I probably would pick that one as my favorite song. Ooh, fun. Okay. So here's something interesting. Uh, I remember getting the CD, like the whole soundtrack for, I don't remember if it was for Christmas or if it was for my birthday, but it came with a second CD that had a bunch of covers from different artists like Fiona Apple, Panic at the Disco, uh, Fall Out Boy. And then a few years later, this was in my sophomore year of high school, uh, 2008, they had re, uh, they had made a new uh, fan soundtrack called Nightmare Before Christmas Revisited. And it featured Marilyn Manson singing This Is Halloween, uh, Amy Lee from Evanescence singing Sally's song, uh, Flyleaf singing What's This? It was all amazing soundtracks <laughs> by oh, okay. amazing artists for sure uh-huh oh very cool and you said you had a copy of that uh, i i believe somewhere oh okay i mean if not it's definitely available on youtube oh okay yeah that definitely should be uh easy, easy to locate uh with all the streaming services that are available for streaming music yeah yeah uh i still listen to amy lee's version of sally's song to this day even though it's been over 10 years mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. And uh, do you enjoy the transformation of the ride then? I mean, have you had many experiences going on the the Haunted Mansion when it is transformed for the Nightmare Before Christmas? I do. And then like, so Adrian absolutely hates the ride. Uh, any any version of it? Any version of okay. it. I think it's just because it's creepy, scary, and okay. you know, yeah. me and previous emo life and such like that. Yeah. I love what they do to the ride when it's transformed for Halloween and Christmas. Um, I believe in 2017, 2018, that's when they added the Sally animatronic to the graveyard scene at the Haunted oh, Mansion. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that was super awesome to see because well, honestly, I think that was around the first time that I actually saw the Nightmare Before Christmas visiting the Haunted Mansion. Because other times when we have been to Disneyland, I've never been on the Haunted Mansion while it was Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's only seasonal, but I believe they extend it for a while, right? I think it goes all the way till Christmas time. It goes all the way till past, uh, past New Year's, actually. Okay, a little bit past New Year's. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's an advantage that the movie has that, okay, is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Well, clearly it's both. So let's keep it going for like three months straight. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there is talks about expanding the ride at Disneyland. Oh. Oh, I hadn't heard that. What, what what would they do to the ride different? I have no idea. I think maybe adding more to it. I mean, the movie, The Haunted Mansion was just released recently this year. So yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But I, but my understanding was, I guess it didn't do very favorably in the box office. So I, I don't know if there is much. Uh, maybe, maybe I mean, I think there would still be people that would be interested in uh, seeing the additions to the ride. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm hearing wrong, but that, that's what I heard. Oh, OK. It's- yeah. Well, if they expand the original ride, obviously that would give them wiggle room to go ahead and expand when they do uh, the Nightmare Before, Christ- Before Christmas theme to it. So that would be pretty cool if they did something like that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I take it back. So there was one other uh, uh, interesting fact that I wanted to share. I guess okay. Disney, once you know they kind of did their turnaround with uh, you know wanting to promote it under their banner, uh, in the early 2000s, there was plans of doing a, a CGI sequel. Really? For Christmas. Yeah, but Tim Burton was actually the one who shot it down and convinced Disney to not do it. That I guess it would uh, uh, ruin the integrity of like the stop motion animation. So I don't know if he would be interested if they were to do it stop motion animation, that old school style. I mean, that's never done anymore. Everything's done with computers now. But uh, but it was kind of interesting that there was potential talks of a sequel. But at the same time, I'm not really sure where they could have gone with it since they, they I mean, spoilers, they killed off Oogie Boogie and Jack and Sally ended up together in their fairy tale ending. So I don't know what they would have done. But uh, do you have any ideas, any fan fiction rules? I guess, like, what what would you suggest they would do for a sequel if they were to ever do one? I feel like Oogie Boogie would return because I don't think all of his bugs were killed off when in the movie, in my opinion. That's true. Yeah. And plus, he could always be stitched back together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But... While there wasn't an actual direct sequel, there is a book called Long Live the Pumpkin Queen at Barnes and Noble. Oh, cool. That is a sequel of The Nightmare Before Christmas. I personally haven't read it, but I've been dying to read it. Oh, okay. That'd be worth checking out because of listeners, people checking in, if you had read the book and if you, or maybe you're hearing about it for the first time that this book exists, I mean, let us know uh, if you get a chance to read it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah, that's pretty much all the talking points I had tonight, Monica. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to the conversation? Anything else, uh, the appeal of Nightmare Christmas to you? Uh, who was your favorite character and who was your favorite side character? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I mean, the common answer would just be to say Jack is the favorite character. Um, but again, I, I like the level-headedness of Sally. So that's, that's, that's she's a very important uh, uh inspiration in his life so that was cool and then um zero doesn't say anything but uh you know he just kind of barks but actually it's an interesting topic going back to the voice actors too uh peter welker a very famous voice actor most famous for being the voice of optimus prime in transformers he does the voice of zero oh that's pretty cool but i guess but zero doesn't have any lines so i guess he just barks or just <laughs> <laughs> right uh i would have to agree with you on sally being the best character in the nightmare before christmas franchise Oh, okay. Very she good. is definitely the most level-headed. Mm-hmm. As yeah. for side characters, I feel like Shock, Lock, and Barrel were the best side characters. They just had a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. 
And their song was definitely interesting as a trio. Yeah, yeah. What that was kind of interesting to hear that that song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why don't you, you know, what I want to do maybe is actually shift the conversation a little bit towards Tim Burton in general. So do you enjoy his movies then along with The Nightmare Before Christmas? Because I know there's like a subgenre of fans who like are hardcore Nightmare Before Christmas fans, but maybe don't follow his other work. But then there's people who are just diehard Tim Burton fans and love everything he does. So what, what are your general thoughts to him as a, as a director? I love everything that he comes up with and directs. I mean, like Beetlejuice was a classic also terrified of that movie as a kid. I don't know why uh, my first grade teacher decided to let us watch that movie in school. <laughs> oh, fun fact that you just, sorry to cut you off, Monica. I was just reminded that uh, uh, Jack actually makes a small cameo appearance in Beetlejuice. What? Okay, now I have to rewatch <laughs> There's a scene where like uh, Beetlejuice is wearing this hat that's like a mobile, baby mobile, and there's like uh, ornaments or things hanging from it. Apparently there's a Jack Skellington hanging from that. His oh. Yeah, and then uh, Jack, Jack's also made appearances in subsequent movies after the fact. Like, uh, so Henry Selleck, the director, he did James and the Giant Peach. And I guess oh. uh, Jack appears in that movie. And then the movie Coraline, which I think that one's a Tim Burton movie. Oh, no, no, I think that was uh, Henry Selleck as well. I think Jack appears in some like hidden Easter egg form in that movie as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to definitely look out for the Easter eggs. But yeah, definitely Beetlejuice. Uh, I do like Edward Scissorhands. Um, this one is not exactly a popular one, but I did like Tim Burton's take on uh, Sweeney Todd. It actually happens to be one of my favorite musicals. Oh, very cool. I think that one might be one of Allison's as well. Because I remember, was it, Sw- it was Sweeney Todd or uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow? I think one of the two, we watched the edited version on TV. I think it was Sleepy Hollow. But I have I to ask Allison if she really Sleepy Hollow, but I've been wanting to watch Sleepy Hollow. But definitely in choir in high school, we did a lot of Sweeney Todd related songs. And then that followed through uh, college. And I don't know, I just kind of grew to love the music and love the actual musical as it, I mean, as it was. Uh, Corpse Bride is also a pretty good movie as well. I haven't actually seen Nine. I would like to see Nine, but I never got to see it. Uh, out of all of Tim Burton's movies, I would say Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was my least favorite. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that one. I didn't really care for it that much either. I, I heard the 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 new Dumbo wasn't that great either, but I don't know. I personally haven't seen it. I haven't seen the new Dumbo because they do feature one of my favorite artists, Aurora, who is a Norwegian pop artist uh-huh. in uh Baby Mine. But oh. I have again, I haven't checked it out. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Tim Burton's work as well. I mean, I, I love the, the 1989 Batman movie, even the sequel to uh, Batman Returns, I think is really fantastic. So yeah, he, he's done some great movies and maybe some less questionable movies. But uh, yeah, I think it's always fun to, to see his like take on like uh, the Christmas season because there were several other movies that also incorporated Christmas into it. So not just the Nightmare Before Christmas, but also yeah, Batman Returns and Edward Scissorhands have Christmas themes to it as well. Yeah. So his uh, meshing or kind of like the that gothic, like I guess is it like uh, European style like or German style? I'm not w- which country actually kind of influenced the most, but the the aesthetic look of things is really really cool under Tim Burton's watch. And so that's another aspect of his movies that I really enjoy. Did you know that there's a rumor of Beetlejuice sequel? I heard of it. Not not just a rumor. I think it's actually in production. Like the, oh. my understanding was that Jenna Ortega was going to be playing a Winona Ryder's daughter. 
Yes, and, yes, yes. And uh, 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 Michael Keaton's back as Beetlejuice, and then went on a writer's returning. So that should be pretty cool. That should be a pretty fun movie. I also heard rumors about Johnny Depp joining uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, and that I haven't heard. That I don't know. I don't know. Oh. But uh, it would be interesting to see if uh, he's interested in getting back into Hollywood now that his uh, name's been cleared. So. Right. I mean, I would. I mean, the Johnny Depp and uh, Tim Burton definitely do have a strong connection, friendship going on. So I would love to see Johnny Depp return to uh, Tim Burton movies. Yeah, that that'd be really cool. It'd be really cool to see. Well, great. Yeah. So uh, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up tonight, Monica? Oh, no. That's what made you fall in love with The Nightmare Before Christmas, going back into The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay. So I gave that one last question to go ahead and wrap it up. So as, as I mentioned to you, uh, I, I got to watch it in eighth grade or junior high uh, like after it had come out in theaters. I don't think I saw it. I didn't see it live in theaters when it was released. But um, I thought it was just really entertaining and fun and just learning ahead of time that, yes, they use stop motion animation and they kind of explained the process to me when I was in school that you actually, you know, use, uh, you know, claymation puppets and you actually make a move frame by frame. So it was like a pain, um, painstaking, like really, really difficult process, but yet they're still able to make it work, which is really fascinating to me. And then of course, I mean, being a huge fan of uh, uh, Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo as a band, all of his music I'll always enjoy. So even music that he does, that's not related to Tim Burton, like the, the, his theme song for the Simpsons, things of that nature, I'll always enjoy because it has a certain flavor and feel to it that whenever you hear a musical piece, you just immediately know it's a Danny Elfman composure, which is uh, really, really cool. So I think all that together and combined with how fun and interesting the characters are and just how cleverly written the story is. And yeah, I think everything about the nightmare before Christmas is really cool and awesome. Awesome. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So thank you, Monica, for joining me tonight to, to talk about the Nightmare Before Christmas to celebrate its 30th anniversary. Uh, as we mentioned, I mean, basically, it's cool to watch it any time of year. So if you want to watch it in the summertime, watch it in the spring, or, you know, start watching it now, getting ready for the Halloween season, I definitely recommend everybody uh, give it a watch this, this season. I, I think I would imagine that it's probably like a lot of Christmas classics that it's probably on the, the watch list for everybody during this time of year. Yeah. For sure. There's a lot of Tim Burton films that are on my list this Halloween. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, again, if there's nothing else for tonight, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up. But uh, Monica, again, thank you for joining me tonight to celebrate oh. the 30th anniversary. And thank I you for having me. <laughs> I promise I'll have you back on the podcast sooner, much sooner than uh, um, I don't know how long it's been since almost a year and a half. 80 episodes. <laughs> Let's go with 80 episodes. 80 episodes sure. <laughs> okay. So thank you, Monica. And thank you to the listeners. You've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. Bye.